Amen. Well, it's good to be back with you today. I've had a, a great holiday season. I had a root canal uh, three days ago. Truth. Uh, I uh, uh, got to go to my in-laws. Uh, and so that, actually, I have the best mother-in-law in the world, but didn't have to stay overnight. So uh, that was a win. Uh, yeah, I uh, uh, got to paint yesterday. So man, it's been the perfect holiday. You know, I think... Uh, so anyhow, uh, now we've had a good time. How many of y'all had to travel over the holidays? Any of y'all have to do that? Ooh, man, traveling over the holidays, it's fun to go see your family and everything, but man, it's just so much work to travel over the holidays. Uh, I, I, I was telling you my family's with me. If y'all haven't met my family, I'm, they hate to do this. They don't want to do this, but they're going to do this. If y'all would stand up, just please stand up. Come on. They're not going to stand up. <laughs> All right. Y'all can see it. There you go. They're so not upfront people. At least a couple of them aren't. And uh, uh, that's uh, my wife, Kelly, my daughter, uh, Jesse, in the middle, the, and my youngest daughter, Karis, on this end. Uh, I'm glad they're here. But we traveled as well, and we did that thing. We've been married now for 25 and a half years, uh, quite a while, uh, to be married. And one of the hardest things when you first get married is to figure out how you're going to make things work over the holidays. Y'all remember, those of y'all, when you first got married, that's tough. And it's hard whenever you first get married, and it's really hard whenever you have kids. You know, because, oh my goodness, how do you make it work? You know, and this can be a point of contention for young families. It can really be a hard thing for young families. So Kelly and I got over this pretty quickly in our family. We developed a plan. I told her, sit down and decide which holidays that you want us to spend with your family. And so we gave her Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, Memorial Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and the 4th of July. Now, my family, to be fair, we got some too. My family got Arbor Day, Flag Day. President's Day, Halloween, and every other Columbus Day. So we work things out, you know. <laughs> it works for us. Now, that's not exactly the breakdown, but the point is the same. And here's the point. A little pre-planning can save yourself a whole lot of hardship. I, I, I want you to let that sink in today. A little bit of pre-planning can save yourself a whole lot of difficulty in your life. Today, as we turn our attention away from Christmas to a new year, I want to talk about the value of planning and how as Christians, God should be included in the way that we plan and the plans that we make for our life. Now, planning makes sense to most of us. We just get it. It's what you do. You plan, you prepare, you, you, you plan. But, but why do so few of us take so little time to map out direction for our life. We plan how we're going to spend the holidays, but we don't plan how we're going to spend all of our days. So today I want us to think about that. Why don't people plan? Well, I think some people don't plan because they believe it's just a lack of faith. You know, if, if you plan, then you're not trusting God. You, have you ever met this person? There's not many of them out there, but some of them, I'm just trusting God. They just kind of float along. You know, whatever comes, I'll deal with it. I don't want to get ahead of God. In my role, I meet a lot of preachers. I've met some lazy preachers. And they tell me, I say, tell me how you prepare. I don't prepare. I just get up and let the Lord speak through me. <laughs> it sounds so spiritual. But it's really completely lazy. 
That's what it is. You know, and in your life, when you don't prepare, it's the same deal. The Bible doesn't teach that you should just float along like a feather. The Bible teaches that we should prepare. Listen to what the Bible says. In Luke 14, 28, it says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? You're supposed to plan before you take on big projects in life. It's not a lack of faith to plan. It's a lack of obedience not to plan. Uh, now, I don't think this is relevant for most of us. Most of us would think, yeah, yeah, I, well, I get that. But yet, most people don't plan, and it's because they live in reaction mode. How many people just live responding to what happens? Most people spend most of their energy working in their life. They get up and they go to work. They go to school. They go to church. They have kids. They pay the bills. They rinse and repeat. That's the way life kind of works. And then they wake up and they're old, and it just kind of happens that way. I think we need to spend some time working on our life, not just in our life. We don't need to just live reacting. We should live preparing. Jesus told a parable of ten young virgins, ten young women, who were made, waiting to meet their husbands. And they, they went to wait at the place that was designated, and they took lamps in case he came uh, at night. And, and they all had oil in their lamps, but some of the young women took extra oil in case it took longer than they thought they were prepared. Now, there's a lot of questions about the parable that we could ask. What's this all about? The husband, a bridegroom, virgin? We could ask lots of questions about that, but the point of the parable is this. Jesus commended the women who were prepared, who had forethought, who, who, who looked out in advance and said, my life would be better if... I think he would tell us the same thing. Your life would be better if you would think uh, about what is to come and make plans. Now, the Bible encourages us from cover to cover to plan. It encourages and not only encourages it, it celebrates good planning. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail, right? My guess is most of us have given planning a shot. All of us here, probably this time of year, we start planning. We're going to do better in our budget in 2016. You know, we're going to do better in our weight in 2016. You know, we have a plan for our education. We have a retirement plan. We plan for a wedding. We plan for a vacation. You know, some of, some of you are, are maybe very successful at planning, and it works for you, but then there's others of us who never see our plans come into reality. And I think part of it is we just plan the wrong way. We often just plan... In, in, in ways that are destined to failure. There's a couple mistakes people make in, in, in planning. Number one, people plan without God. They, they think about their future. They think about their life. They've got this idea of how things are going to work, and, and they set their mind to it, and they plan, but they don't even think about God. Some people know what they want to do, but God's just not a part of it. Listen to me closely. No matter what area of life you're talking about, your health, your finances, your relationships, your job, your, your retirement. Planning without God is undermining whatever planning you do. We can't determine any future with certainty. The Bible says in Acts 17, verse 18, In Him we live and move and have our being. 
The point of that verse is that God is this big sovereign God over the universe, and he's the glue that holds everything together. And if he is not holding our life together and we don't live our life in surrender to him, then we are destined to failure before we even begin. We can do nothing unless God enables us. And if this is true, why in the world wouldn't we we consult him when we're going to buy a house? You know, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this where you want me to live? It's legitimate to ask that. When we're going to take a job, will this God honor uh, God? You know, I I had a lady at my last church uh, early on. I'd been there maybe a year, and she was, I mean, truthfully, she was living on minimum wage. She had like four kids. Her and her husband were always in turmoil and you know she thought oh i've got a chance to make 25 cents more an hour and she was going to go to work in a place that was just not going to be healthy for her it was so bad that i told her i said look we will find a way to pay you that extra 10 bucks a week you're going to make we'll give you that don't go put yourself in this mess. But she didn't want to pray about that. She had a chance to make it. So she ran and found herself in a deeper mess. And two or three affairs later, her and her family, work-related, her and her family are living in constant turmoil. What if she had prayed, God, is this what you want me to do? Not is this what I think will work. You should pray about getting married. Is this the type of person that I should marry? Is this the type of person that will honor God as we live our life together with me? You should pray about where you're going to go on vacation. Listen, that might sound crazy, but I just want to tell you, you should pray about these things. You invest a whole lot of money when you fly out and you take... You should be praying. God, is this what you want? You should be praying about all things. Most of us make plans, but then only when we get in trouble in our plans do we consult God at all. God, help. God, bless. God, bail me out. God should be consulted on the front end, not when we get in a mess. You know, another reason our plans fail is we're presumptuous about the future. I mean, let's just face it. You know, we we think tomorrow's going to be here. We think our best days are going to be tomorrow. In James, there's a story about two men. They, they decided that they were going to move to a city, and they were going to start this business, and the business was going to be so successful that in one year they could make enough to where they could just kick back and, and have an easy life the rest of their, their days. But listen uh, to, to, to what James says. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. What, what is your life? You're a mist that's here just for a little while, and then you vanish. Instead, you ought to say, if this is what the Lord wills, this is what I will do. Guys, we, we are not the great I am. And we cannot say I will with any certainty. I told the staff a few weeks ago, I'll, I'll be there on the 27th. If the Lord wills, I will be there on the 27th. We all know how fragile life is. None of you can say that you have tomorrow with certainty. None of you can promise that you will be anywhere with 100% confidence. Your life is always dangling in the hands of a mighty God. It is by His goodness and His mercy that we have a tomorrow 
So when we think about our plans, we, we, we should definitely recognize, God, this is what I plan to do, but ultimately, God, you are the God of the universe. You know what's best, and God, I submit to the fact that you're Lord and I'm not. Guys, that's what being a Christian is. We're acknowledging we're not the God of the universe. We're not the center of the universe. There is a God. There is a center. We're not it. We submit in our thoughts. We submit in our actions to the God who is the great I am. We cannot say what will be. We can try to influence it, but we can't control it. But the Bible does offer some proper planning techniques that I think will help you as you plan. We're, we're humble. We realize we don't control the future. I, I must acknowledge the God who does, but here's some things I can do as I plan for my 2016, for my whatever. First thing I would tell you, and this is going to sound somewhat simple, is just don't plan evil. You want to make good plans in your life? Don't plan evil. Don't think, what can I get away with? You know, if I run a business, can I cut my service and improve my margin? If you're a teenager, don't say, you know, how can I get away with this? Can I cheat on the test and nobody will find out? Can I? That's planning evil in your heart. Husbands and wives, you know, well, if I just hide this spending over here, I've got this habit that I like to do. I want to go play extra golf, but we don't have the money for me to play extra golf. And I told her she can't go buy that thing that's on sale. So I'm just going to hide this and get a little cash out on my check, even though... Don't plan evil in your heart. Don't plan to be dishonest in your activities or your relationships. Evil plans are planning secret, shameful actions so you don't get caught. Guys, I want to ask you, you want, how many of y'all would really like for God to bless your 2016? Then take the secret sin off your calendar. That stuff that you hide and you think you get away with, there is a God whose eyes are over all of the world. Don't plan harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Then listen to this, a heart that devises wicked schemes and feet that are quick to rush to evil. You want the Lord to bless your plans? Don't plan evil things. Ask yourself, do I have plans for evil? Do I plan to cheat on someone I love? Or to cheat someone I love by not investing in them as I should? Do I plan to continue a lie that I've been perpetuating? Do I plan to cut corners at my business or not work hard when my boss is not watching? Wicked plans are not of the Lord. Now, if you're going to have good plans, the writer of Proverbs tells us that, that we must have pure thoughts, pure words. The Lord detests evil plans, but he delights in purity, that which has good motives, that which has good intent. Now, how can we have pure thoughts as we plan? Well, I think, first of all, we start by planning with prayer. Uh, go ahead to the next slide, if you would. We, we plan uh, with, with, with prayer. As you plan, spend your time uh, uh, seeking the Lord. If that's a plan on how you invest your money, how you increase your health, how you raise your kids, how you continue education, how you're going to spend your week, how you're going to advance your career, yeah, you need a plan. But your plan needs to start with prayer. Jesus, before he started his public ministry, went 40 days in the wilderness and prayed. 
The Lord's method should be our model. The truth is, time spent planning saves time working. Planning will save you time, it'll save you energy, and it'll save you money. And this is especially important when you have big plans to make. Get out of town, pray, turn your stuff off. Uh, get, get with Jesus, think. And what, you know, when I was back in my former church, I, I'm a little odd tilted. Y'all probably figured that out already. You know, but when I would plan my sermons and I was struggling, oftentimes at night I would go into the sanctuary and with the lights off in the sanctuary, I would pace on our stage and I would just sit there and I would talk to God and I'd say, oh God, I need to know what you want me to say. What do you want me to do? God, I'm planning for this sermon, but I desperately need your help. You know, this should be the case before we get married if you prayed about it. Really. But he is so cute, and he, she makes me feel so... Have you prayed about it? I'm 27, and I need somebody. Have you prayed about it? I'm 52, and I need somebody. Have you prayed about it? You know, I'm saying... Oh, uh, anyhow, y'all get the picture. Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about your job? Yeah, I, I just need a job, man. And I tell you, I, I know that... You know, the, the owner is a, 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 a drug dealer, and I know that the, 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 the business produces garbage, and I know that... Have you prayed and asked God, God, is there something else? Before you relocate, you better pray. There's nothing harder on a family than relocating, I know. You better pray and make sure it's God. In big decisions in my life, I, I spend a lot of time in prayer. When I moved from being a pastor to the KBC, I fasted, I prayed, I drove down the road with no radio. You know, I, I spent time alone with God. When we bought land at our former church, we relocated because we just didn't have enough space and we were doing multiple services and there was just no way we could do any more where we were at. And we had to relocate before we bought those, ac those acres and moved into a building for two and a half years just to make do. Before we did that, we were on our face before God and said, God, are you sure this is what we're supposed to do? When you plan through spending time with God, you'll have clarity of thought and confidence to proceed forward. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. This doesn't mean we make our plans and pray that God will work things out. This means before we do what we think we're supposed to do, we get on our face before God and we say, God, is this where you want me to go? And when you're going in God's direction, that gives a confidence like nothing else. You just know, I, yeah, this is an obstacle, but this is what God wants us to do. Yeah, this is hard, but we know this is what the Lord wants us to do. Yeah, this is frustrating, but it's what God wants. Another piece of biblical advice is to seek godly counsel. Proverbs 15, 22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, plans succeed. Proverbs 20, verse 18 says, Plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, you, you obtain guidance. Now, I wouldn't advise waging war here, necessarily. But I would say whatever you go into, you ought to be seeking the Lord's wisdom through counselors. You know, when you're choosing a college, or you're thinking about going into ministry, or you're thinking about dating someone, or you're looking to purchase a home, or you're setting your budget, or you're thinking about starting a family, I, I, I would get counsel. I, 
I don't know if y'all know this about me. I, I think the staff might be figuring this out. But I value godly counsel a lot. I really do. And so when I've got a big decision, I'm talking to people. I want to know. Yeah, I, I, I've been on my face before the Lord. I'm going to continue to be on my face before the Lord. But sometimes God speaks through people, right? And so I'm, I'm going to ask those people who I think love God and have pure motives and, are not, and don't have a dog in the fight, you know? So if you have a big decision in your... Well, when I have a big decision in my job, you know, I'll call my team leader. Hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? What's that initial reaction like? I'll call my coworkers and say, how'd you do this? I, I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, when I'm preparing sermons, when I used to prepare sermons at my former church, we'd get the staff together. They got so tired of hearing my sermon. Man, you think it's bad once? Just imagine listening like four times. You know, I'd pull them in three or four times a week and say, hey, what do you think? This is what I, I believe God's speaking. This is what I think this scripture says. What do you think? You know, if, if I'm going to see if something matches, big decisions like that, I go and ask my daughter. You know, hey, honey, did, true? Every morning, you know, she made me change this morning. She said, Dad, that didn't look good. And I, it was, I went in with this, and she said, it's time to go. <laughs> so anyhow, you, you do what you got to do, you know. But, uh, but in all these cases, I seek counsel. It help me, helps me figure out what I'm going to do. You know why some people don't, fit, don't seek counsel? And if you're one of those people who don't ever ask for directions and you don't ever ask help in anything, and I can figure it out and I can do it. You know, if you're one of these men, because men are the ones who do this, all right? Listen to me closely. I know why you don't do it, because if you ask somebody, it looks like you're not competent. I know you don't want to ask anybody because, you, you know, you, 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 you don't want to look like you don't have it all together. What looks like you have it? What, what, what makes you look worse? Asking on the front end or asking somebody to help you clean up your mess? Right? Some people don't want to impose on others. You know, they don't seek advice. God puts us in each other's lives to help each other. Most of your friends would ha rather help you map out a course than help you mop up your chaos. Use godly counsel. Without wise counsel, we make wrong plans. Uh, another thing I would tell you is when you make a plan, work your plan. Be diligent. Uh, you might have a good budget, but if you blow it every month, it doesn't work. It's not working for you. You know, y'all know, I'll just tell you, my diet starts like everybody else's in like four days. I've not failed because I haven't had good plans. I've failed because I haven't worked my plans. I bought P90X a few years ago. Yeah, what are you laughing about? <laughs> I don't like y'all anymore. <laughs> I did. I was about 40 years old. I bought P90X. I thought I could do it. I was still, you know, or something that happens, and I'm just about to cross that line where you realize you can't anymore. I, I still could back then. About five years ago, I thought, yeah, I can get up. I can do this if I want to. I start out. I go full guns. I do everything they 
have. You know, I about kill myself, but I, I do it for about 30 days, and then I don't have the picture up here, but I was going to bring it to you. In my office at my former church for about two and a half years set chin-up bars from the P90X. Do you know what good those bars do you sitting in the corner of your office? <laughs> Nothing. You know? Guys, the treadmill that you bought is not intended to be a coat rack. You know? If you have a plan, you got to work your plan. If you started investing, keep investing. If you start reading your Bible, I want to tell you, it's going to get tough. And by the way, if you've never read your Bible through in a year, join the club with me. Oh, man, and I... I I got time today. Woo uh, I can tell a story. I, I use the Uversion app. For those of you who don't use the Uversion, I'm in my car 40,000 miles a year. Okay, I drive a lot. And so I listen to them read the Bible as I drive a lot. Well, I usually read in the morning, but then I, w- I got behind, way behind. I was like two months behind, about a month and a half ago. I've never read the Bible through in my entire life. I'm, I hate to admit that. I've read every portion of the Bible. I've read, I've preached through most of the Bible, verse by verse. So I've, I, I know most of the Bible, but I've never started in Genesis and finished in Revelation in a single year, and I wanted that badge to wear this so that I could be a super Christian. That's what I wanted. <laughs> and I didn't have that checked off in my life, and so I was about two months behind. I was getting really frustrated because it was like November, and I was two months behind. Well, it was actually, yeah, it was right at November, about the first of November. And so I'd started listening to it in the car to catch up. And do you know you can listen to about 12 chapters of the Bible between Burlington and Lexington? If you just put that in, you can, I mean, 12 chapters. I mean, I was listening. I was getting caught up. I was so excited. And then it came time at work for me to turn my phone in. They wiped off my plan. And I couldn't remember what, because it was one of those that you did the New Testament and the Old Testament at the same time, and it kind of jumped back and forth. And I couldn't remember what I had read. <laughs> I only had like six weeks left. <laughs> so the Lord strikes down pride in us. <laughs> but you're going to hit that place if you start reading your Bible where you're going to get tired. And it's going to be hard. Just like exercise is hard. Just like keeping to a budget is hard. You're going to hit that place. Work your plan. Keep in the Word. Keep in, and I'm not telling you read the Bible through. Whatever you read... Work that plan. If you're going to read a paragraph a morning, if you're going to read a chapter a day, if you're going to read a devotional in the morning and something at night, work your plan. God will use that to build you spiritually. Work your plan. Be determined. I'll be a person who finishes what I start. You know the best way i found to do that? Build in accountability. When I tell no one what I'm doing... I'm not talking about bragging on spiritual stuff. I'm talking about trying to get rid of my junk. When I tell no one what I'm doing and what I'm trying to change and what I'm working on, I rarely change it. I think God knows our makeup, don't y'all? I just got this sneaking suspicion he understands how we operate. That's why he told us to confess our sins to one another. Anybody know what that next part of that verse says? Confess your sins one to another so that... You may be healed. Thank you. The rest of y'all got to read James this year. <laughs> so that you may be healed. That 
God knows how we work. When we keep things into ourselves and we're going to fix it and we're going to hide it and we're going to cover it up and we're not going to ignore it, then it just gets worse. But when we open ourselves up and say, oh God, I need you, I need your help, and we tell our brothers and sisters, hey, hold me accountable, I want God to be priority in my life, I want church to be a priority in my life, I want the Bible to be a priority in my life, I want to I start being a giver, not a taker, I want to be a person who starts helping, not just receiving help, I, be, I want you to hold me accountable to that. It's amazing how much better you'll do inside the accountability. That's why we push people towards small groups. Now, granted, it's not easy sometimes figuring out here how to get in small groups. I'm going to give you a couple options. If you're a 9 o'clock person, you can stick around at 1030 in their Sunday school. We have those Sunday schools so you can learn the Bible. We also have those so that you can find accountability. If you're a 10, 1030 person, get up a little early. Come at 9 o'clock. If that doesn't work for your schedule or maybe you're already serving somewhere else, we have small groups that meet through the week that are centered on life stage or likes or studies that you're interested in. Jump in and be a part of those. Those things help you not only to learn something, they help you to become a part of the body and you're accountable. All right. Now, here's my next piece of advice. Be flexible. Alter your plan when necessary. Be humble. One of the Proverbs that I quote most of the time is, man makes his plans. In the heart of human beings, there's this plan of here's how I'm going to go, but it's the Lord who directs your steps. It's the Lord who establishes our steps. Spend time planning. You should. You think you got it figured out? You might. Will things change? Probably. Be flexible. Some people won't make adjustments. They're proud and they don't like change. Proverbs 19.21 says, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We make our plans. It's the Lord's purpose that, 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 that prevails. And so we need to be humble. Hear me closely. Man, I'm, you know, I'm 21. I'm going to go to college for five years. I'm going to get married when I'm 26. We're going to have kids when we're 29 and can afford it. <laughs> we're going to... You know, we're going to move into the house of our dreams when we're 32. We're going to, I'm going to retire at 55 and travel the world. You might. Or. <laughs> God may have other plans. You might say, well, why would I make plans if I have to keep changing it? If you have no plan, your life is in total flux and chaos, and you're drifting along. You're hoping something good will happen. But if you have a plan, and then you have to adjust, you're still far more effective and productive for the king, kingdom. So, so the writer of Proverbs says, you plan, sure, but go back one verse if you would. You plan, but remember, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. If you don't get anything else out of this, I want you to learn the creed of John the Baptist. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, from now and two th until 2016, January 1, when you wake up, I want you to get in the mirror, wipe the sleep out of your eyes. If you got out of the shower first, rub the, the vapor off the mirror, look in the mirror, and repeat John the Baptist's creed. I am not the Christ. You're not it. But he has chosen to use you in his kingdom. He has chosen to allow you to be a part of his plan. 
Jesus adds another element to our plan. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God will take care of your plans. Whatever you're doing, sports, school, dating marriage, raising kids, pushing kids out, (laughs) starting a career, planning retirement, seek God's will first. That's the main thing. As a Christian, Jesus' will should be sought in every area of your life. I think that's what the writer of Proverbs meant when he said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. What's all mean? All. You're sharp. Some people don't get that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. To to help you with this for 2016, I'm going to give you some homework. I've, um, I think I've listed these out. Karis, would you hand me that bulletin? Thank you. Yeah, I've listed these out here. I'd like for you to take these six areas. And I'd like for you to think about in 2016, what would God want in these areas of my life? Spiritually, what does he want? Maybe he wants me to be a little more faithful to church. Maybe he wants me to read the Bible or or, or start reading daily and have a devotional. Maybe he wants you to be saved. If you're not saved, I know that's what he wants. What, what does God want for your life health and fitness-wise? You know, I was thinking about this. Does God want me to be healthier, or does God want me to buy a new wardrobe? I could give more money to Lottie Moon if I'd lose just a few pounds. You know? What does God want in your family and friend relationships? I mean, you know, sometimes I think we bypass those and we think, that didn't count. I'm stuck with them. Or, that doesn't count. You know, I like this friend over here and I don't want God messing with that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, what do you want in this? Personally, are there habits that need to change so you can line up with God's will. Maybe your work. What does God want? Financially. What area of your life needs attention? Maybe you need to get out of debt. I will tell you this. I think one of the worst feelings in the world is being deep in debt. I've been there. I understand. It's awful. It, you know, we, we started a business when we were young. The business was going to make it big. It didn't. You know, we had borrowed the money to get in business. You know, and the money didn't pay us enough to pay us when we worked. I know how that feels. Maybe your goal this year should be to try to start digging out from under some of that. I know how it feels to be on the other end, too, when you're not living under that pile. I know which one feels better. Don't add to the pile. Maybe this year, 
You need to start creating some savings in your life. <laughs> My daughter is so tired of me here, and she's starting to work, and I know how bad debt feels. She doesn't know how bad debt feels. I know how bad it feels. And so I'm trying to help. She's working. She's a workaholic. She's got two jobs, and she's always going in early. She, she, she likes the money. I'll just tell you, she does. It's nice to have that independence. She can't wait to get out of Dad's house. It's going to be good. You know, she wants to make sure she never has to come back. She, you know, she, she's figuring this stuff out. But I I'm, I'm know how easy it is to get deep in debt. And so I'm, I'm saying, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to give 10% of what you make. You need to spend about 40 on yourself, and you need to save 50. Try to teach her right away. Now, I know it's hard to do that as you start paying for house payments and whatnot. And yeah, I get it. But for those of y'all who are in life, are you saving anything? Or are you presuming on the Lord that he's always going to give you as much as you make now? Are you tithing? I know that's a dirty word. I mean, you know, our older folks have heard this all their life, but they give so that we can have church, so that we can do ministry, so that we can reach the world. Are you tithing and giving? My, my wife and I, we joke all the time because we, we always break even. Yeah, we got deep in debt and it was bad, but the Lord bailed us out miraculously. We always break even. I really believe one of the reasons we break even is because after about four months of marriage, she said, Nick, what are we giving? I said, giving? They're only paying me like $160 a week before taxes. I'm giving at the office. <laughs> That's what I'm giving. And she said, Nick, no, we got a tithe. It's like squeezing blood out of a turnip. You can't, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. We started giving, though, and the Lord has blessed our entire life. We've never gotten rich, but we've always had more than we needed. Um, I, I challenge you this year, maybe try it. What about missions? And I want to talk to you a little bit about this. It's 11:23. It's one service. I'm going home. I don't care if I'm late. So anyhow, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, kind of. Uh, um, y'all did really good at giving to missions this year. Y'all gave $18,700 thus far. I mean, $17,870 thus far, excuse me. I'm assuming there'll probably be a little bit more given today to Lottie Moon. I'm excited about you giving to missions, but as much as I want people to give, I want those who God is calling out to go. Work it. Maybe this week some of you are at the station of life where you could think about using one of your three weeks of vacation to go somewhere and help somebody in missions. Maybe go to eastern Kentucky and help out in some of the Appalachian missions. Or maybe... Maybe I talked to one man who, uh, Brother Stork, who, who goes around the world helping with missions. You know, maybe, maybe God will lay that on your heart. And you'll, you'll get, maybe your mission might be to work in Bible school this year. Maybe take a week off to where you can help and make that a blessing instead of, oh my goodness, how am I going to pull this off again? Or would you pray about being involved? Now, I've got this smart thing on here. We're going to skip it, okay? Uh, that's just a working your plan type of deal. We're just going to skip it, okay? But we've talked a lot about thinking about... So if you're a note taker and you want those notes later on, well, come see me and I'll, I'll give them to you. Um, 
Guys, today we've looked forward. I pray 2016 is a great year for you. I'm looking forward to preaching next Sunday. I'm excited to preach to you next week. Uh, But before we can really look forward, we also got to think a little bit about where we are. Here's the deal. You can't teach a guy to swim while he's drowning. You got to be rescued. Some of you here are just drowning in life. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's your own stupidity. Maybe it's just your own pride. And you're just drowning in it and you can't figure out a way above it. There is a rescuer. His name is Christ. Jesus will rescue you from your sin. Has he ever been a part of your life? Have you ever lived your life to glorify God? Have you ever woke up in the morning and said, Oh God, this is your life that you've given me. I'm going to seek you first today. And have you ever tried that? Don't knock Jesus until you try. He says if you'll seek him first, everything else will fall into place. It's my prayer for you here that that you would seek him first in your plans. That plan will work. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share today. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would take these words. Lord, um, I ask that... uh, God, you would, you would help us to realize, Lord, that we are not in control of this universe. And Lord, I confess, I, I don't like not being in control. Lord, I try to fix things and manipulate things and work things out. But God, I, I thank you for the reminder this week, Lord, that all of my efforts are not, Lord, You are the God of the universe. And Lord, if you will, things will work out the way I think they should. But Lord, that might not be what's best. And so God, I humbly submit today recognizing that you know what's best. You know what's good. You know what will bring glory to you. And Lord, I know that brings good to us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with this time that we respond in invitation. God, I pray if uh, there's people who, who need to reach out to you today, they would. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation in just a second. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. But before we do that, if you're here today and you've never, ever given your heart and life to Christ, you've never turned your life over to him, you've never surrendered your will, you've never said, Lord, you're first, you're, you're most important, If you've never done that today, I'm going to encourage you to come forward today. And here's what I'd like for you to do. If you're that person who's never done that, I'd like you to come and just say, hey, I want to give my life to Christ. It's time. Maybe you're here today and you've never been baptized. The last few weeks, we've seen several people baptized in our church. Maybe you'd like to commit to being baptized, to follow the Lord. You know why we want you to be baptized? Because Jesus said that was the best plan for your life. He said to make disciples and baptize them and then start teaching them. Maybe you're here and you've never been baptized. We'd love 
uh, to tell you how you can be baptized and be a part of this church. Maybe you'd like to be a member of this church. Uh, you want to start out 2016 as a member of this congregation. We'll be glad to tell you how you can be. Maybe you're here today and uh, you would like to come and, and take communion. You can come and take communion. We would uh, be glad for you to come and, and be a part. Um, maybe you're here today and you just want to pray. You're, you're, you're welcome to do that. We're going to stand right now and sing. Won't you come?